The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Ford. Time to talk a little Bears football for the next hour. Welcome in, everybody. Joni along with Tom Thayer from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. Jim Miller will be along as well. And coming up shortly, we'll be joined by, well, now he's out of his rookie year, big Tom Bilal Nichols, uh, the defensive lineman for the Bears, uh, fifth-round draft pick uh, last year. So we'll talk to him about his uh, season and what he's looking forward to. He's out in an NFL event uh, in parts unknown. So we'll be talking to him, but we're just with you on Friday. But yep. Short turnaround. Uh, not a lot transpired since Friday, obviously, when we met and talked with Bobby Massey. But uh, there's always something going on. And today was the first day in the NFL you could tag players. So nobody that I know of yet has been tagged, any of the tags. But there's certainly a lot of names out there and a lot of other movement around the league. Yeah, you know, the franchise tag, it's it's kind of a fragile thing. Be- Sometimes when you're franchising guys and you want them to be a positive influence inside the locker room, they're disappointed that they're getting franchised because they want the long-term big money guaranteed contract. So it, it turned out weird here for Alshon Jeffrey and that whole process. So I, I, no team has the perfect franchise tag scenario. You look at what ended up happening in the Pittsburgh Steelers with Le'Veon Bell. So, you know, that's just part of the growing process of how you develop a team, how you're going to spend your money, and where do you think you want to secure a position or a player the most? And, uh, you know, a couple of guys that, that people have mentioned, certainly in the secondary, because it is hard to find a really good nickel defensive back. So would the Bears be interested in doing that with Bryce Callahan? You also have Adrian Amos at the safety position, things we'll discuss. I think we have Jim Miller with us now and Big Jim from Sirius XM NFL Radio. Good evening. What's, what's made news today? Uh, well, Antonio Brown, of course. Yeah, I mean, of course. Finally, you know, you guys should cry your way out of town now. That's that's what happens in the <laughs> NFL. I mean, geez, it's just hard to believe there's just so much drama. I was a part of that organization and never, never once experienced. They've never been shy about cutting the cord on players, whether it was Rod Woodson, Carnell Lake. There's been some great players. Kevin Green have moved on from there, and it sounds like finally they, they've had enough of Antonio Brown, and we'll try to we'll try to – seek a trade for him you just wonder how much compensation they're going to get for him right but i i, I mean i saw headlines today that there's people that saying that he's not worth the first rounder and he's got ability but it's the baggage i think is making him decline in the terms of his value well, it's just bizarre tom i mean the, what that guy has done literally over the last six months i mean the issue down in florida of him throwing furniture off a balcony i mean that's still in court in legal proceedings then you've got the the speeding uh, issue. Then he goes AWOL on his team, not to mention the Facebook Live posts that he had a couple of years ago. But, I mean, minimum, you just you, the guy flat out walked out, out on his team. You know, even Mike Tomlin just said enough is enough. Uh, they, you know, his agent calls, Drew Rosenhaus calls the day of the game, and Tomlin's like, nah, that's not how it works here. You can't just not show up all week and then expect to, uh, to play in the game. And then even today, the, the bizarre post he had on Instagram, it's just, I'm with you. I mean, what team wants to take on that baggage? To me, his value has gone down because he wants a new contract that's completely guaranteed. The team's not going to give up a lot. It's definitely not going to be first-round compensation. 
I think it'll be a late round draft. It, pick. It's kind of be. you know, Jim. It's kind of weird what when the Dallas Cowboys went and traded for Amari Cooper and what he did for the receiver position there in a short period of time. I do believe. That's the influence that they think Antonio Brown is going to have on whatever team he goes to for the receiver. What for the receiver group? You better have a strong personality at quarterback. But you know, Amari Cooper is kind of leaving a fresh thought in people's minds about what a receiver can come in to do to help a quarterback. Yeah, de- definitely think it's going to have to be a veteran quarterback that he's going to be dealing with. I mean, because Antonio Brown would absolutely walk over, uh, walk all over a, a young quarterback that really probably doesn't have the strong fortitude to really, you know, stand up to him is what I think. And you better have a veteran coach then, too. I think this wave of new coaches has less tolerance for that me kind of activity. And I'm still shocked that it occurs. Now, this guy came from humble beginnings and worked his way into stardom. I get it. But, wow, it's a total twist in his personality and his, uh, his, his way and his approach to this whole thing. Yeah, well, that that's what I think. I mean, that's what just shocks me about the Steelers when you've got Le'Veon Bell. Now, you know, his I can understand. It's business, right? It's a franchise tag. He, he had the choice not to show up, and he elected to go that route. But Steelers have always been about team, team, team. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the, the fans. It's just the heartbeat of the city, and everybody has really rallied around that team, and that's what it's always stood for. And then this is kind of just atypical of, of, of how Steelers react. And I, I think, you know, Steelers fans are just like, yeah, just get rid of him. We're ready to move on. We don't we don't need him to win. And they certainly didn't need him the last week of the season as they were able to still win that game without him, even though he went AWOL and gave up on his teammates. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you here on Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jim, what are you, what are you hearing on your end of the, of the fence in terms of the Bears? What are people asking about here in this off season, early offseason? Well, I, I think for like anything here, you know, we talked to Bobby Massey last week. You know, will they re-up? And I heard uh, your and Tom's conversation about Bryce Callahan, who I think is a really good player. He really has performed well as a Chicago Bear. But then you look at how Sheriff McManus filled in late in the year. This is a really good draft in terms of safeties and corners again. So you just wonder how much, you know, would, would the Bears elect to match the offers? that are out there, whether it's for Adrian Amos or, or Bryce Callahan. A lot of safeties were scooped up early uh, last offseason. That was probably the position that was probably the hottest position that was scooped up the fastest in free agency. And again, I think with uh, market forces like good safeties coming out in this year's draft, you know, if those guys are off you know, off the board and, and the Bears don't want to pay that high a salary, if it gets too steep, they'll have plenty of options come draft time is what I think. That's Jim Miller. Bilal Nichols of the Bears will join us coming back after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. You escape the cold and head to the Ryu Palace, Costa Majeris in Cancun with your favorite Bears players, including Prince of Mucamara, Roquan Smith, and Bilal Nichols, plus inside the Bears host Lawrence Greeden and Anthony Adams. Visit applevacations.com slash bears to book today. And we're pleased to be joined by Bilal Nichols here on Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. You looking forward to that Mexico trip, my brother? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Definitely excited about it. Can't wait to get there. Yeah, get some warmth going on. What are you up to these days, man? You got, uh, you got some time finally to yourself a little bit because uh, last year, obviously, going from Delaware to the Combine, and, and getting yourself ready for an NFL draft, it was all about getting your body right, meeting with teams, and there's really no break. Then you go right into rookie minicamp, 
and this is the the plight of young young players. They don't really have time to address, you know, getting themselves stronger in the off season because there really wasn't one. Yeah, it's uh, definitely different. Uh, you know, this, this year I kind of you know had some time to take off, uh, refresh my body, my mind, and everything like that. And then uh, now, pretty much, I'm just working out. Uh, you know, pretty much every day. Um, and then I give myself a couple of days off to regenerate my body, but it's, it's definitely it's definitely completely different than last year. Like you said, last year it was, it was a lot on my plate, had a lot of moving around to do, a lot of working out. So you know, it's good to, it's good to finally experience the NFL offseason. Well, it's so much different than last year because I was reading the combine results and the little story, and it had a thing called prospect grade, and it said Blau Nichols 5.34, and then it said NFL backup or special teamer. A lot has changed, Blau. How good does that feel just to give your sense of what you were able to accomplish in your first year and what you're going to accomplish in the future? Oh, uh, man, it feels good. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, I use this motivation still to this day. Um, you know, that fueled me. Um, you know, I, I know what I was capable of. And, you know, the coaching staff uh, helped me out tremendously when I got to Chicago to help me reach my reach my uh, potential. And you know, I'm, I'm not even nowhere close to where I want to be, which is which is awesome. You know, so it's it's just good seeing the hard work that I put in pay off. Well, Bilal, Jim Miller here, and congratulations on a great year, the three sacks. And I just remember when you, you, you talked about the style of defense at Delaware where, you know, really it wasn't an attacking style and more like mm-hmm. what you were asked to do as a, as a Chicago Bear. And how quickly did, did you get that aggressive nature and the techniques that you were taught by uh, the Bears' uh, defensive coaches and, and how they wanted you just more attacking? How long did it take to settle in where you got comfortable with it? Um, I was comfortable with it, you know, after my first few days. Um, you know, I always uh, I always was pretty much used to playing a, a more of an attack-style type of defense. Um, it just happened when uh, my coaching staff made a change my senior year of college. Uh, that was just the defense that they, that they brought in and that they asked me to play. So, you know, I had to really, like, kind of adjust my game. But I was so used to playing in an aggressive type of defense uh, like I'm playing it now. So, you know, it, it, it was pretty natural for me to go right back to it. Bilal Nichols, our guest here on Bears All Access with Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, uh, Bilal, you're getting your first taste of a coaching change in the NFL. Not your head coach, obviously, uh, but with a new defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, off to Denver to, to run that program, and Chuck Pagano coming in. But you did keep Jay Rogers here, your defensive line coach. How impactful is that to you to be with him for another year, and have you had any conversations with Coach Pagano yet? Yeah, that, it's awesome. You know that Coach Jay is still here. Um, you know he's he's helped me out tremendously. I owe a lot of the credit to him and the vets on you know my progress this year and the things I was able to do. Um, you know he's a guy that always kept things straight up with me. You know he would tell me what I needed to work on and tell me when I did things good and tell me when I did them bad. And you know it's, it's a level of respect there where I really appreciate him as a coach. And, you know he's he's one of those guys. He prepares just like he's a he's a player or even better. Um, you know he's he's all in every week, and you know he he comes in and he works hard just just like we do. So you know I'm I'm very grateful to still have him here, and you know he he's he's my D line coach, so he he still continues to tell me things that I need to work on, which is which which I appreciate. Hey, but, um, I'm sorry, Blow. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, I did talk to uh, Coach Pagano. He reached out. Um, you know, we we exchanged some text messages. You know, it's good to hear from him. I just can't wait to get started with him. 
You know, it seems the better you learn the defensive systems, the faster you play. And then you start learning the NFL, the complex offensive systems. Now you do start filtering a little bit new system. What what was it more complicated for you? Learning the defensive system so you could play faster or being influenced by the complex NFL offensive systems? That's, that's a great question. Um, I would say uh, learning the defensive system. Um, you know, you kind of got to learn that first to really get your feet wet and get, get yourself started. Um, I feel like that's the most important thing, learning the skinny defense, how your coaches want, want you to play it, and, you know, what you're good at and what you can do to contribute to your team. Uh, once you fully understand that and you understand, like, uh, what type of mindset the defense is, whether it's, you know, more aggressive or more conservative, uh, you can really begin to play faster and just let the game come to you. And then uh, naturally, you know, as the time goes on, you'll start to pick up on, you know, the things that the offense runs or tendencies that they like to have. And that's kind of what happened to me throughout my rookie year. As the season went on, I started to, to uh, notice certain things and, you know, um, just that made me play faster with noticing things with the offense, like, you know, formations, what they like to run out of certain formations, what were their top plays in these formations, stuff like that. Well, getting better in the system that you just mentioned about, what what do you think here, if, if you talk to Chuck Pagano, what do you think you need to work on? Is it initial quickness? quickness? I love your hustle, man. You're always hustling uh, to the football, but, you know, things like playing too high, is it your techniques? What are things maybe you want to hone in here on this offseason? Yeah, one of the things I've been really, really focused on is just my pad level. Um, you know, it was time this year where, um, you know, I had, when I played with great pad level, I was I was a very great player, and it was times where, you know, I could have played with better pad level and it would have made me a better player. On a well, it, explain that to the listeners. So what what you what do you mean by, by pad level when you're going against an offensive lineman? What, you know, talk about where where it needs to be, yeah, where you'd so like it to level, be. Um, you know, pad level is the most important thing for a defensive lineman. Pad level is just simply being lower than the man that you're going against, you know, um, with, with with us being bigger guys, um, you know, it's more natural for you to stand up and take on blocks instead of, you know, getting low, bending your knees and getting under your man, getting under his pads. Uh, so, you know, for, for bigger and taller guys, uh, it's kind of more natural for you to stand up. Where, um, you know, in the NFL, if you're standing up, you know, you get, if you're getting double-team blocks or if you're getting blocked by one person, uh, you're going to get knocked off the ball a little bit. So, you know, it's all about that pad level locking out, keeping that leverage that way. You know, whether it's a double team or a one-on-one block, you're not getting moved at all. You're not getting pushed. You're not giving up any ground. Hey, Blah, just a little bit about the fun side of football. <clears throat> Did you experience anything like post-game celebrations when you were in college? And do you like the post-game celebrations and just the looseness that you get to have with this group of guys inside this locker room? It's something that's new to us and maybe as well as to you. Yeah, you know, um, we uh, it was definitely new to me this year because, uh, you know, we – we were able to have a, you know, 12 West season, which which was wonderful. So, you know, after every game, it was like a celebration. It was like, you know, Club Dub was was really the thing going on. We're in college, but we would celebrate, but never to that extent. Um, you know, only if we would be like a top-ranked team in the country or something like that. But, you know, every week with us, it was like whenever we won, it was like, yo, let's hurry up and get back to the locker room so we could party. Well, hopefully that'll continue in 2019, man. All right, before we let you go, you were a fifth-round pick. Bears are not picking in the first or second round this year because of the deals uh, that they made, Khalil Mack included. There is a different mindset about guys that are drafted on the third day in the NFL. You're one of them. Is that 
almost a, in this case, because you don't have those top picks, a positive, because you're getting a player that has a lot to prove and they put chips on their shoulders. Yeah, uh, I took it. That's exactly how I took it. Um, you know, as, as, as a person, I can come in and just soak up all the information I want and just prove my worth. Um, you know, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I, w- I was one of the better players and that just, just going on day three was just extra motivation for me. So, you know, I, I, you know, it's kind of anxious to see what we, what we do in those areas, you know, just, just to see how the, the, the new guys come in next year and what type of chip they have on their shoulders. Well, they'll be hungry, that's for sure. All right, Bilal, we'll let you go. We appreciate you taking the time, and we'll talk to you again here in the off season. Good luck with everything. Okay, thank you. Appreciate you guys having me. Hey, no thank problem. You. Have a great night. Bilal Nichols, our guest here on Bears All Access. When we come back, we'll take your phone calls. 312-644-6767. This is Bears All Access on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by ITS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Really enjoy Bilal Nichols. Yes. One of the uh, very mature player, very mature guy in that locker room, coming from that smaller program at Delaware. But, uh, again, Jim, you pointed it out, and Tom, you saw it. You had all the tools in the shed. You just played in a different style over there in college. I think this was a good style for him here with the Bears. Yeah. You know, I, I Jeff, I remember you and I were standing out of practice the first day of one-on-ones. And the first day of one-on-one, he went over the center, and they said, okay, he's going to develop into a nose guard, maybe put some weight on him, and that's the position of that he'll try to – get his foot wet first. And then I think they started understanding that he had better athleticism traits to be with the ability to move up and down the line of scrimmage. So he wasn't a one-position player. He wasn't like an Eddie Goldman who could be a nose guard in a 34 defense or in this defense, while Nichols could play defensive end in anywhere. And so I think that was the nice thing about him, uh, Jay Rogers, his defensive line coach. He has a really good working relationship with Akeem Hicks, and it pays off. Oh, that's critical, it, right? Yes. There. Akeem had his back all year, showed him what it – takes in the locker room on the field on the practice field jimmy he took him under his arm man he really did and i thought that was a veteran leadership move for blah yeah and i think you know when you're talking about somebody you're trying to emulate your game after i mean there's no quit in, in a keen hicks the guy fights to the end and that's what i noticed about Bilal nichols the guy's got a ton of hustle man that guy really fights to to the football doesn't give up on a play i thought his initial quickness definitely got better uh, as the season went along and he started to be uh, impactful and really, you know, just make those explosive plays where he's penetrating in, in the backfield, ultimately gets three sacks. And I think, you know, as for a later round pick, uh, like you said, and especially guys that contributed, I mean, I think pretty much all the, the Bears young draft picks, other than the, the young linebacker, Eway, um, you know, really having an impact. His was more on special teams, but all of them. I, I think contributed quite well, and but it, you know, again, I think for a mature team and following veterans, I mean, they've got a good group to learn from. Uh, you know, guys like Akeem, that they are great leaders that really help out the young players. So you can see they've been soaking up everything that they they could along. And they're the going to soak up what Khalil Mack says and does too now. From the day the offseason program begins, unlike a year ago, you get them all through training camp. I mean, we saw his impact at practice. I'm very encouraged to see and excited to see what it is from day one of 2019. What do you consider day one of 2019? Uh, First team meeting. Okay, so that's the interesting thing about it is because of how many uncertainties there were going in that first team meeting last year, and Allen Robinson has talked about it in the past, how they felt that they – 
were set in the right motion from that first meeting and things continued to stay in motion. Now, man, you finish a season, you're healthy, you got a couple, you know, a couple guys that are going to have to work on stuff, but everybody else is in a posi- in a positive position where they're going to be in the initial stages of development, not making, you know, not trying to get guys healthy and develop at the same time. Yeah, guys like Allen Robinson, Kyle Long, Adam Shaheen, Danny Trevathan, Leonard Floyd, these guys are all healthy, Jim. They're ready to hit the ground running. I, I don't see any real serious injuries to overcome from this football team right now. No, they're just going to be that much further ahead, you know, just with the install, what they want. Granted, defensively, it's going to take, you know, obviously the mission statement of Chuck Pagano, but we, we know the system that is in place there, what they're going to do. He'll have some different tags and some things that he's going to tweak and how he wants things done. And, again, he's a different play caller, but the talent's there. And Chuck's called defense a long time in the NFL. I don't expect any drop-off. Uh, from that standpoint. And I just think just offensively alone, they're going to be much further along just what they're going to be able to do. You know, I know Coach Nagy talked about uh, football 101. Now it's going to the to the higher levels, so to speak, in, in terms of their education and what they're going to be asked to do. And I just think it's going to be at such an accelerated pace now, uh, knowing what the, what the coach expects from them offensively. And I think they're just going to continue to grow, improve, um, young players that are going to be exciting to watch, and I think their best football's ahead of them. All right, we have our first phone call of the night. By the way, the number is 312-644-6767. Out to Brian in Edison Park. Good evening. Welcome to Bears All Access. Hey, Brian. hey guys, I'm enjoying the show. I've been a, I'm 65 and been a Bears fan since I was 8. Well, you sound and, like you're uh, 21. You're not 65. <laughs> There's no way, Brian. Oh, no. Just going on uh, going on 35. Anyway, Bryce Callahan is a player who who I've enjoyed watching immensely over the past couple or three years and watching him grow as a, as a player. I hope we can keep him, and what do you know about our chances to do that? Jeff? Well, listen, the, the nickel position, and you two can talk about it much better, and Jim as a quarterback looking at defenses and what is put on the shoulders of a nickel defender nowadays, it is intense, and you need a, an elite mind, an elite mindset, and a guy that really understands what offenses are doing because they have to understand all the other ten responsibilities around them. they got to deal with tight ends, backs out of the backfield, read the quarterback. In Callahan's case, an outstanding blitzer. And, you know, I used to say – remember I used to, I used to love the play of Antoine Winfield. Right. I would – Crow, but little, Antoine, little toughest guy in the t- whole the pound world. Pound for pound, the toughest, you know, defensive back in the NFL. And while Bryce has not been able to stay completely healthy throughout his career, he is a tough kid, mindset and physicality. So I put a lot of value on him. I do too, but you know, I need a guy that's going to be in there throughout OTAs of the development of this defense. And because he's considered a starter, because they use that defense so frequently, he's got to be on the field. And he's got to be one of those guys with a new defensive coordinator and a couple of new pieces in place that he's got to be out there for day one because I think his role in a defense is equally as important as any football player out there. So I don't know if you want to go out there and have a nickelback who's not participating in practice. I'm sure Bryce is going to be healthy once OTAs or on-your-feet yeah. action starts. So it's just, you know, I, I just need that body in there till the end. Jim? Yeah, and it's just, we, we've talked about it numerous times, 11 personnel, which is three wides. It's just more and more prevalent. I mean, look at a team like the Rams. That's all they run. Probably 85% of their offensive plays are out of three wides. And a lot of coaches say it now, and a lot of GMs say it. A lot of your base defense is your 42 nickel. 
You know, so your nickel guy is almost a, you know, has to be a starter. And they got to be able to prepare it for, you know, two-way goes basically on every single play because you're going to be going against one of the cat quick receivers on offense. So imagine a nickel back going against Julian Edelman, right? A lot of change of direction, all the short routes that he runs and, and is so nifty at what he does. So your nickelback's got to be a hell of an athlete. He's got to be pretty darn tough to hold up against the run. And I think Callahan checks all those boxes. Again, there's there's a lot of good DBs that are coming out, and some of them are strictly slot specialists um, that, that teams are really targeting and drafting. I, you know, Look at a guy like Chris Harris for the Denver Broncos. Think of how they lucked into that guy. Guy was an undrafted free agent and has become an all-pro player. Um, so – you know, you got to have them. It's just the direction of the game. More teams are deploying, you know, wide out sets, whether it's empty, whether it's three wides, and you're going to need just more talented defensive backs. It's almost a prerequisite nowadays. Out to Naperville, George. Welcome in, George. Good evening. Yes, uh, I just wanted to ask a quick question uh, regarding uh, the coaches that uh, are going to be coming on board with Chuck Pagano. How many of them are returning coaches? How many of them are new coaches? Well, there's a, a bunch of new coaches. They have retained Jay Rogers, of course, and I think that's a, a, a big one right there. The defensive line loves him. We we love him as a coach. How he instructs, what he what his intensity is out there on the practice field, and his instructive ability. These are teachers that they had on defense. But Deshay Townsend comes over the, from the New York Giants. He's a veteran coach. He's a veteran Pro Bowl player in the secondary. Sean Desai gets a promotion. He's been with several. Administrations. I just saw him uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, very excited about being retained by the Bears. He's now the safeties coach. You got linebacker coach from uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. You got Monacino going to help out Chuck Pagano. There's familiarity there, familiarity there with him in, in Baltimore. So you know, there's a lot of like-minded guys on this staff right now. And Jim, you, you're going to lean a little bit on Chuck Pagano to bring in people that he's worked with in the past. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, you know, the experience, you, you need that on board. And Chuck comes with a lot of experience. He's coached plenty of defenses in the past. has been with a lot of good top ten defenses. And one thing I loved about Chuck Pagano, even in Indianapolis, when their talent started to deteriorate, uh, obviously everybody knows that it, just, they had a lot of, you know, just the cupboard was kind of bare. That team always played hard, and they continued to play hard for Chuck Pagano. So I do think he's got a, a real innate ability uh, to motivate players, and hey, let's let's not be, you know, no stranger to the great coaches that they lost, and, and good for Vic Fangio. He gets a, a promotion to become a head coach in the NFL, and he brings one of his talented defensive assistants that's been with him a long time, Ed, Donat- Ed Donatel, who moves on to Denver. So yeah, it hurts losing that experience, but these other coaches are getting the opportunity, and I think Chuck Pagano has done a nice job getting his staff together defensively. Yeah, I, I just like the fact that Pagano has worked with some superstars, and he understands the personalities during the course yeah. of the regular season. What do you do to light a fire underneath them, and then how do you give them, you feed them enough so they understand their value to the team? I, I like the, what he's been surrounded by. 312-644-6767. Roberts on the line. We'll get to you coming out of the break. Adam Staszynski is here along with Herb Lawrence, and this is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. All right, the Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears 
official app. You might even see Double A Jim and Tom with a little bit of different do right now, a little different hairdo. He actually looks about 10 or 15 years younger. I was shocked. He knocked on my door at Hallis Hall yesterday. I was working up there, and I was shocked. Double what, A. What, what could be different? Dude. It's just different. You could ask him, and then he started making fun of my my telephone. He thought it was a business card, right? Well, so kind of on the small side. Was he got a different part? Is it no, higher no, and tighter? No what, what, There's no what, part. It's, it's just it's just different. I'll, I'll, I'll let that be the teaser for his TV show. Oh. As we go back to the phones, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Robert on the south side, hanging through the break. You got Adrian Amos on your mind, huh? Hey, how you guys doing? I just wanted to get you guys a pin on something. Uh, do you guys feel that since the draft the uh, safety class is deep this case year, do you guys think they're going to be more acceptable to let uh, Amos walk this year? Well, it's all a matter of finances, really. You know, they love Adrian Amos. He is one of their homegrown talents, drafted by Ryan Pace, and a great guy in the locker room, quiet leader, and uh, well-liked in that locker room. But, you know, the business of football will kind of set the price. We'll see what, what, what they decide to do because, yes, Jim, you mentioned it. There, there's a, a, a pretty good class of safeties. There is some in free agency that Adrian's a part of. Um, in terms of how scouts look at the safety position, you know, many say, hey, you can get, you can get a great safety in the later rounds of a draft. Now, Adrian is, is in that position where he's a, a, a middle-round pick. Uh, I believe still, you know, you got Eddie Jackson as, a, as, a, as your – your big-time safety back there, I believe you need those type of safety. So I don't necessarily agree that they, they are easily found everywhere, but you guys may have a different opinion. You know, it's all how you evaluate the talent of safety position, whether in college or it's an NFL free agent you're looking at. What do you need them to do? You need to anticipate long throws downfield. You need to support the line of scrimmage. You need to do work well within the linebacker and defensive back structure. And then when you're challenged with a big hit, you have to have the willingness to make it, whether it's on the sideline or the open field to play. And he checks all those boxes. Every Every yeah. one of them. And the thing about it is, you know, one thing when you're around a player that that gets to this stage, you get to meet him as a rookie year, and you kind of see kind of a shy, reserved personality. And then, of course, the years you get to talk to him and he's not overbearing but he's more confident in himself and his ability and that's you know Adrian Amos is the type of guy that when you close the doors and you only have the players in the locker room he's a guy that you want in there so I I hope the best works out for him Jim what do you think yeah I I think he's a very good player I mean he's obviously a very sure-handed tackler I think he's a big hitter he plays physical I'd like to see the turnovers improve but as you mentioned uh Jeff, you know, you look at Eddie Jackson being a fourth-round pick and Adrian Amos being a fifth-round pick. Both of these guys are starters, and they're productive players. Um, you know, so, so again, I think it's really about the finances. You know, right now I think the Bears got about a little over $5 million. That's, that's honestly about what you need to sign all your draft picks, uh, quite frankly. You know, could they free up some money, approach other players, give them a signing bonus, and then maybe clear up some cap space to potentially sign Adrian Amos? But it just depends on how much he's looking for. I do think he'll he'll get offers out there on the free agent market, and then it's just up whether the Bears would elect to go that route or just say, you want to know what? We feel we've got some talented guys that we could turn to to get. You know, remember Eddie Jackson started as a rookie, and Adrian Amos got his opportunity to start early, lost his spot, then came back and played a lot better when he got another bite at the bite at the apple. So they're out there. And plenty of draft picks that they could draft, and it's just a much cheaper option uh, is where the Bears could go from that standpoint. So good luck to, to Adrian. Hopefully it works out every, you know, everything he wants it to be. 
hopefully it works out in, in his benefit. Well, he, he certainly worked his way into this position sure. to, to be a free agent. And I, I tell you, though, I, I love the chemistry in that locker room. I love the chemistry on defense, and Adrian's a big part of that. He is an unspoken leader in that, in that locker room. All right, to Madison, Wisconsin. Nick, you're on Bears All Access with Jeff, Tom, and Jim. Good evening. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a big believer in Adam Shaheen's potential. If he's healthy, what do you think his ceiling can be in 2019? You know, Nick, he's one of the guys when I talked about the offseason, going into the offseason healthy and, you know, have to have a, you know, to make sure you can work on what you need most. And Adam Shaheen, he needs size. He needs some bulk. Um, You know, you need to be able to stay on your feet so you can get back to running routes and get into a better mode of timing with the quarterback. But he is the type of guy that needs the entirety of a healthy offseason. He's got a tremendous upside. He, you know, uses basketball presence within the tight end game well. When you watch him in individual drills, he knows how to block. He is he is he, he has is well schooled on the line of scrimmage interior blocker. So I have high expectations for him, but I just I need to see him get up, you know, every single play healthy and that's that's I anticipate the worst when I watch him after he takes a big hit or something. Well, you know, yeah, I- Go ahead, Jim. Go on. I just I expect big things from him. I just think he's too talented of a player, and it's just unfortunate uh, last year that he missed so much time with that foot injury coming out of coming out of you know the, the preseason games. Because I, I think he is going to be a great red zone weapon, and is really you know I'm not saying he's going to get double digit scores, but I expect him to be up there, like you know nine minimum, just be knocking at the door to get double digit touchdowns. I think he has that type of ability. Yeah, I mean that's where he 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 made his his uh, touchdown so far. And, and the other thing, you know, I, the guy I always think about early days. You taught me, Tom and Jim. You know, you remember this player because you felt more man hours were lost to the tight end, end position than any, because it, of the well, types of blocks and what ha- John Allred. Yeah, remember? That? I mean, that is that's a, uh, that is a statistic. I'm not saying they're com- comparable on no, well, any means, but you know, John Allred. Our John Allred caught that out route that's immediately supported heavily it. by the corner or the sa- safety, whomever has him, and undercut his knees, and it was just such a vicious injury. Was it John Lynch? Was it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I thought. I don't, know. There, I don't think it was John Lynch, but yeah, I mean, there he, he's John Allred's married to John Lynch's sister, correct? Yeah, I think yeah. that. Way. But anyway, yeah. I mean, Jim, I, you know, the tight end position—you get chopped down, boy, like tall lumber. Yeah, Talk I remember me. John. John was extremely talented, very athletic. You know, like you said, because his brother-in-law, John, they kind of had those creative workouts that they always did out there in California. I mean, they'd be carrying logs up uh, you know, on their back, like walking up the mountains out there. So very interesting prospect, was a great guy, great teammate. But like you said, you know, it's it's your livelihood. You know, guys with tight ends, and, and that's why like guys like Gronkowski, they, they hate players that go low on them. You know, I, I know that all the safety aspect is, you know, from the helmet and the neck up and all those things. But quite honestly, football players, they'd rather you go high, especially receivers and tight ends. They'd rather you go high than go low and take their knees out from underneath. Well, I mean, you know, you look at the two difference in the routes between Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen. Uh, there is, you know, some of those reps or some of those routes that you have of Adam Shaheen on the inline tight end that you do that that immediate out turn and then you got that support from the outside where it seems like um, – Trey Burton, he gets upfield. He gets to show a little bit more space between he and the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Well, you know, just because Shaheen, because he's such a big body, he's just a totally different body type uh, than, than Trey Burton, who is the nifty guy. 
But, you know, to me, why option should be the play for Shaheen? It, it, to me, that guy would be uncover, uh, uncoverable because if the backer's outside, he just turns inside. If the backer's inside, he turns outside. And he just boxes everybody out. And he's got such a big frame, you as a quarterback can always throw it far enough away for him to just pluck the ball out of the air. So well, He's going to clean know, we, you up a little bit. Yeah, but, like you know, it's just – I always say that. With big-body guys like that, you got to learn to play – with to your stature, so to speak, and I think he still has to learn that a little bit to play to his stature. Hey, Jim, is that a difficult route though for Mitchell Trubisky to have confidence in to throw that out? You can answer it after the commercial, but I, you know, just something to think about as a quarterback is that a, is that a, a confident or a, a route that you need to throw to get confidence in? All right, we'll get yeah, to Jim. we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to Jim's answer after this break. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. 312-644-6767. Your phone calls coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Celebrate your newest Little Bears fan with the Chicago Bears Crypt Club brought to you by PNC to receive exclusive items and offers for children ages 0 to 4. Visit chicagobears.com slash crib club. Love it. You got, you got a little one in the family. We got a bunch of them. John Henry's the youngest John Henry. one. John Jim, Henry's. that does not sound small. Hey, no, he's not. I mean, I think he was like 12 or 13 pounds I mean, that, when he was born. He was huge. Insane. Is that that Thayer uh, hereditary? Well, it's, his dad played professional football. Or no, excuse me. My niece's father played professional football and was married to my sister. John so, Scully? So there is size blessed yeah. into the that gene. So we got John Henry. <laughs> and uh, what's your little one's name again, Jim? Oh, uh, my little one is Asa. Oh, Asa. All right. How about the boy? Uh, Kate or uh, Manny's twelve. He's been going on thirteen here, and then uh, KJ, my five-year-old, he's kind of the beast. He there was over go. ten pounds when he was born. Yeah, so I, I remember you talking about that. So they, they got they got some future NFL players in the family. He, yeah, he's close to a hundred pounds as a five-year-old. He dwarfs. I mean, he towers over everybody in his in his uh, kindergarten <laughs> class. <laughs> Holy cow! That's good to hear. All right, this is Bears All Access. Our producers tonight, Adam Stasinski and Herb Lawrence, we're taking your phone calls at three one two six forty four. 6767 with you for another 10 minutes here to the top of the hour. Let's go back to the phones. Lyndon on the line from North Judson. Lyndon? Yeah, you guys are great to listen to. I drive home every night listening to you guys, and I could relate to what you guys were saying tonight and um, about the third-round pick, how well he come out. And I just wanted to know if you guys would go back last year and play back some of your recordings of how you predicted the season compared to this year. I know last year you guys never or was was not anticipating such a great season, which it was, and this year we're anticipating a great season. That's, and, a, that's a great point because I, I labeled it as the great unknown, and you didn't really know what to expect. It's a whole different offense with all new pieces around a young quarterback that's in his first year in his system. So right then and there, you think, okay, this is going to take some time. You knew you had great defensive players, but right before the season, you get one of the best players in the NFL, and that changes everybody's perception. So I had modest thoughts, personally, and I never make predictions on wins or losses, but I I have a a feel for what I believe in context, and and I I had modest expectations because – Whatever you say about John Fox, the culture in that locker room did begin to change, and I knew it was a tight group. And from my perspective, being around there every day, that was a great starting point to have a, a really 
locked-in team that was hungry to start winning because it hadn't been happening in a long time. Yeah, desperate. You know, it was interesting. interesting. Today on the Bears' website, there is an article by Larry Mayer and Ryan Pace was a feature talking about his decision-making process going through and meeting with Matt Nagy. And the more he met him, the more he talked to him, the more he was kind of unveiling that this is the right guy for the job. This is how you understand who you want to go out and research and who you want to continue this process and start changing the culture and the process around here. So that kind of, I was really encouraged by reading that, the foresight of what Ryan Pace, because none of us knew what we are getting with Matt Nagy. We have friends around the National Football League that always, and all of them, bragged about what a guy he is, what a person he was, what his football intelligence, you know, just his, you know, just the caliber, the quality quality of person he is. And so, yeah, you know, you think about the Bears losing season before trying to predict what was going to happen the first year of Matt Nagy. Man, we are are begging and hoping for seven and nine. But then we talked about, I think, last week on All Access. Now, did this pull one year out from the development of Matt Nagy? Because now we have Super Bowl expectations you know, and that's how things have changed around here. Yeah, you just, you know, I don't think anybody would have predict, predicted that type of success. You know, it's supposed to be a foundation year. You know, it's uh, a coach's, a young coach's first year. Everybody thought it'd take time to get the offense up and running, but the defense really held everything down early. And like you said, that that trade with for Khalil Mack, I think, kind of changed everything because here you you got a team that's five and eleven under John Fox. They couldn't even score 16. They averaged like 16.1 points a game to, to increase that by more than a touchdown. By the end of the year, they were averaging over 26 points a game, close to 28. I mean, that type of jump does not happen normally. So that is a huge turnaround offensively, what they were able to do. And they're still in the uh, the infantile stages. It really started to catch fire week eight, week nine, and they really started to play and, and score some uh, good points on offense to complement a defense that was absolutely smothering. And it's very possible they could win fewer games this year and still be a better team and be a more yeah. dangerous team come playoff time. All right, out to Wheeling. Todd's on the line here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good evening. Uh, thanks, guys. I just got a quick question. Um, you know, when I watch Tree Cone run and he and slice through these defenses and and run away from these defenders, the guy's got incredible speed. And I wanted to know, in your opinion, who's faster, Devin Hester or Tree Cone? And um, Jeff, could you please do the <laughs> Devin Hester ridiculous uh, line one more time? Yeah, please? Uh, you know that thing has been put to bed. That goes that goes in the archives now, but. I, I I don't know. That's a great question, but I, I think the, the instinctive running of Devin in the open field uh, added to his speed. So, to me, it was Devin. You know, Devin Hester, the playmaker, never fit into the offenses of that era. If you would take Devin Hester and fit him to the offenses of this era where maybe you took a little a handoff, a jet sweep, a quick little pass out to the edge, even more threatening downfield with his abilities. To me, it's the mentality of Matt Nagy being able to use the creati- creativity of an athlete and I think if Matt had his hands on a guy like Devin Hester, I know Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, would still be using him every time he could. However, you put him in an offense, and you have uh, another who, threatening but, weapon. But who's faster? No, Yeah, no disrespect to Tariq Cohen, but Devin Hester had some jets now. <laughs> I mean, that guy's so fast, he lives in the future. It's ridiculous, as Jeff would say. Yes, yes. Special he, player. He was. 
Uh, you know, just, uh, again, the vision and instincts in that one cut, which is the patented move for Devin Hester. But, hey, nothing to take away from Tariq. I mean, he's still he's still a young player, too. He's still going get, to get better and stronger. Well, and- you know what? I don't. I don't know. Devin Hester could not play the running back position the way Tariq no. Cohen plays it. Tariq Cohen, he has the physicalness to be able to absorb the abuse that he takes. I just don't think that Devin from a behind center, behind no. quarterback, Two totally would be, different yeah. positions. That's for sure. All right. Thanks again for your phone call. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Jeff, Tom, and Jim for a few more minutes here. I just want to do some quick thoughts as we go down to the news of the day today. So. Jim, real quick, today was the first day you could tag players. Who do you expect to be tagged? Yeah, you know, when you look at it, I think there's only going to be about six players that will ultimately be tagged. you got to believe Demarcus Lawrence of the Dallas Cowboys. He'll probably get the tag again. Dallas doesn't have a lot of money to really re-sign him to a long-term contract, so he'll probably get about uh, $20 bucks. You would think D. Ford, another pass rusher for Kansas City Chiefs, He'll have the ability to, to to be tagged, and I think Kansas City will tag him. Jadavian Clowney is an interesting guy. He's, I, th- I think Houston, just no offense to him, I mean, he's always banged up. He never really practices. I think Houston will probably end up tagging him uh, at the end of the day. Just get more, one more year out of him, and then I think ultimately he'd probably move on in free agency. I don't see them trying to sign him to a long-term contract. And then the other players that, that are out there potentially – uh, that could get tagged. Uh, you got to believe probably C.J. Mosley. There's going to be a decision there by Baltimore. Part of me thinks that they will tag him because, uh, to me, he'll command pretty good money uh, as a linebacker out there on the open market. And oddly enough, we always see a couple of kickers tagged every year. Hate to say this, but probably Robbie Gold might get tagged out there for San Francisco, and I would think Goskowski. One position Bill Belichick has tagged is their kicking position, and I think Goskowski potentially could get the tag for the New England Patriots. You know, when you say oddly enough, explain. Well, it's just the kicking position doesn't command a lot of money. You know what I mean? It's very, you know, a lot of teams, it's a specialized position. And you look at the the issues, i.e. the Bears' problems with kicking last year, I'd tag a kicker too, especially one as good as Gutskowski or a guy as good as uh, Robbie Gold and what he's done. Uh, So, again, we've had this discussion before. What position has a bigger impact on a football team, but probably only gets six reps a game? You're right, it's exactly. A yeah, they, oh. they determine outcomes of games. As man. do punters. As do punters. It's the biggest, biggest play, most yardage. You're right. You I, just, I just, I just wanted to I say know. right card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's once combine. you said six plays, I was done. We won't talk until the combine. Jim will be doing that show from Indy together. Tom will have his eagle eye on scouting. Uh, Mid to late round picks, it'll be a different kind of combine for you this year. There's starters in the third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. There's starters out there. I think the Bears can attract, a, a, you know, they got the opportunity. All right, that's Tom, T- Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Bill Nichols. Thanks to our producers, and thank you for your phone calls and listening tonight. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford.